Um, are you there, Kyle? I'm here. I'm good. Okay. All right. So we're gonna have to start everything all over again. I, I, I honestly feel I'm sorry that this has been a mess. I feel like part of it is my fault and we'll, we'll put the most of the blame on you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kyle? <laughs> Hi, my name is Kyle Young. I'm Associate Director of Bands at Carmel High School in Carmel, Indiana. Welcome to Sketchbook Podcast, a discussion about creativity, preparation, and effort with artists, creators, and educators. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Montoya Jr. Kyle, what time is it in Carmel, Indiana right now, or Westfield, Indiana? It's almost 1.45 p.m. here on Saturday. You are Eastern Time, and I'm in Central Standard Time. Uh, what time are we supposed to start recording, um, Kyle? We're supposed to start at, uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, but mm. you seem to have had some technical difficulties. So. Uh, I've never had this many technical difficulties <laughs> with a guest. Um, may maybe my internet's just not uh, wealthy enough to handle what you're doing um, over there in Westfield, Indiana. It might just be that my connection to my neighbor's internet is just <laughs> it's body. You need to tell her like, hey, come on, if I'm going to use your internet for free, it better be running full <laughs> max, maximum power. Um, now, Kyle, brother, if I may, um, we, we've had a long, how long have we known each other? Uh, 2000, would it be eight? I believe so. That would be, that would be the year that yeah. I came into your life. You came into my life. It was a, it was a different time, a different world. Um, now I, I asked you this earlier and let's just, let's just get this out of the way. This is the second or third time we tried to do this in the last 45 minutes. Um, we're going to, we're going to blame uh, the coronavirus. This is, mm -hmm. the, this is the Corona tapes as they'll be known later on in life. Um, do you listen to sketchbook podcast? I have listened to several of the sketchbook podcast recordings. And I wish I, you know, I, that, that the previous conversation didn't come through, but I was really trying to get you to say bad things about Dan Morrison and it, it didn't work, but we, we agreed. He's just, the worst thing about him is he's just, he's just super nice. Right. Yeah. I, I did meet Dan uh, when he was, it might've been his first year as an assistant at Reagan. And he was, he was very nice back then. And it's just as he's become more and more successful and accomplished so many things, He's, he has stayed nice, and that bothers me, you know? It bothers me, too. And um, I, as I mentioned, he, he has an Instagram where he posts where he works out every day. Um, he might be the most built person in all of pageantry. Um, so if he doesn't kill you with kindness, Kyle, he could probably kill you uh, with his fists, I'm imagining. I, I have a feeling that I would probably not start a physical altercation with him. However, Oh there may be a slight weight advantage on my side, not necessarily from a, from a strength standpoint. If you could. Um, I don't get your drift. I, this is not a fat shaming uh, podcast. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't see body shape here. Um, this is all audio. Um, now, do you have any thoughts on Jen Barton and I's thoughts on Carmel 2019 as we had the grand national wrap up? I saw it live. She saw it through the wonder of the internet. What did you think about our takes on your program? I thought it was, I thought it was good. You know, I, what I appreciate about the, the combination of you two is, um, you know, you catch, I think most of what, of what probably the designers and the, and the performers are trying to portray through the performance. So I would say it was strong to fairly strong. <laughs> All right. 
all right, that's that's pretty good. That's pre but in, in I say this a lot to band programs. You mean by strong and fairly strong? That's by caramel standards, right? Not by like real world standards. <laughs> uh, we we try to have a high standard, but I, I will say I I do feel like uh, the two of you were able to catch on to quite a bit of what we were what we were trying to offer. So kudos, kudos. I'm probably more kudos to Jen than to yourself, but but yeah. Yeah. Story of my life. Always giving more props to the women on the other side of the table. That's fine. That's fine. This is a pro-women household. I'm outnumbered two to one. Now, Kyle, you are currently in Westfield, Indiana, Carmel adjacent, as you have said, but you didn't grow up in Indiana. Where did you uh, get in your first fight? Where did you kiss your first partner? Where did you have your first, your first BFF forever? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up uh, in Fairborn, Ohio, which is just outside of, of Dayton. Uh, it's where I was born and raised, went to Fairborn High School, uh, then uh, went to college in the Dayton area, and I uh, got my very first teaching job uh, at my alma mater. So it all, it all kind of started there, and, and that's where my, my career started, too. And you said you student taught at Northmont High School? Yeah, Northmont High School. Um, the director at the time was Reg Richwine. He, was, um, he had been there for, for several decades. Um, had a strong program, you know, I think early 2000s, maybe right around 2000 was a, you know, great national finalist program. Uh -huh. um, very, very, very strong. So it was, it was a great opportunity to be there with him, especially towards the end of his career, got to pick his brain about a lot of things. So very worthwhile. And you, uh, how long were you at Fairborn for your first job? I was there for just one year. Um, oh. It was a, it was a, it was a fairly eclectic position. I taught combination of band, orchestra, and some general music. So it was, uh, I learned a lot that year. <laughs> we'll get to uh, your teaching uh, curriculum, repertoire, experience, et cetera, all of that. And I don't normally start off so boring. All right, I just thought you were gonna tell me you just, you grew up in Fairborn or whatever, and we were gonna ask questions, but then you got nerdy and went instantly to teaching. So I'm gonna bring it back to the pop culture stuff real quick. Um, I'm gonna talk about food because I think this is how we learn a lot about people. We learn through food. And you are a world traveler, um, or at least, you know, a traveler. If you go to Epcot Center, you're considered a world traveler because you go around to all the worlds. So I'd like you to tell me about your favorite taco. It can be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Your favorite taco place in all of your travels. Favorite taco place in all of my travels. Okay, well, since, since we were on Epcot, I did have some fantastic barbacoa tacos in Epcot. <laughs> I assume that was in the Mexico land or something? Yeah, but in all reality, I um, <clears throat> I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But I, I was in I was in Dallas. Uh, this happened two times. I was staying um, in Dallas, and there was a a great Mexican restaurant next door. And I had um, it was the best Tex-Mex I've had. Now, however, I do remember one time having great Tex-Mex with you and your mm -hmm. brother. Oh, that that would probably be true. Yes. Um, but but probably the best tacos I've had were were in Dallas. I wish All I could right. remember the name of the place off the top of my head, but it was it was fantastic. I assume it was you were judging in the Dallas area, and mm -hmm. you had yep. some some tacos. All right, you can't name the place, but you did say Dallas, so I'll allow it. Uh, you have a favorite hamburger. I don't know if you eat meat, but if you did, your favorite hamburger place. Favorite hamburger place is here. It's in Carmel. Um, it's called Punch Burger. Oh, Punch Burger. What makes it so good? I don't know. <laughs> you can't go on a How I Met Your Mother-esque uh, diatribe. No, I, just, 
it's it's one of those places where it just it's awesome every time you go no matter what you get so they have they have a pretty pretty great menu they have a burnt cheese oh, burger which okay. is pretty fantastic and it's it's awesome all right uh favorite barbecue if any i have some friends that are really good at, at their their you know, they get into the barbecue thing, like they've built up their house. Mm. So I've had some great barbecue. I will say, I will give a shout out to Chris Crakey, who's the department chair of the performing arts department chair at Carmel High School. Mm -hmm. He's, he's pretty good. So I would, I would say I've often had better barbecue from somebody that's done it themselves. Yes. All right. I can dig that. I get that. Um, now, uh, do you eat fried chicken? And if so, do you have a favorite fried chicken joint? <sighs> Do I, I feel like maybe people are going to be totally judgy about some of these answers. They should be. They should. Okay, good. Because good. that, I mean, that's what I do as a listener too. Yeah, I want um, people to judge you on your eating tastes. I mean, there are some really good fast food. <laughs> like, like, am I allowed to say that I will never turn down Popeyes? Like, am I, I allowed to say that? I love Popeyes. The spicy chicken. It's yeah. it's a okay. It's a plus. I mean, I will never turn that down. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I think the, the like really wrong answer would be church's chicken. But I mean, unless you're like a 75 year old woman of any ethnicity, because that seems to be the way to go. Um, this is an adult podcast. Uh, do you have a favorite spirit of choice? Um, I would say there are lots of bourbon drinkers around me. And while I don't have a great collection, some of them have offered up some really great bourbon and that's not something I ever thought I would enjoy but you get some friends that enjoy sharing their collection <laughs> maybe you're noticing here that I like other people to do all the cooking and all of the all the yeah. providing of drinks so yes yes all right all right you just like to be taken care of great so there's two babies in your household is what you're telling me yes <laughs> um, do you drink iced tea and if so how do you take it sweet tea Oh, all right. All right. Uh, I'll buy it. Even though you're from Ohio, we'll allow it. Um, and then coffee. How do you take your coffee? Uh, with cream and sugar. Mm, you like your, what do they say? I like my sugar with coffee and cream. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. All right. Now your primary instrument is the saxophone, which is weird because I don't think you look like a saxophone player. What does that mean? I, 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 you, I, I don't know. Sax players have a look and you don't have that look, at least in my stereotypical version of that well I, i'm not sure whether that is a, a compliment or not so you, I'll you, just say, say, you seem too nerdy to be a saxophone player let's just put it that way are saxophone players known for being cool i they, the coolest guys i know play saxophone um or, and percussion that's for sure um <laughs> I, I, unless you unless you're like i'm a classical saxophonist then that makes total sense well, that's really where, where the bulk of my training is. I'm not, oh, great. I'm not, yeah. As you can, you pegged me straight on. So that's why I'm, I've just <laughs> how you got to that point. But I'm not cool. I don't play jazz very well. Like I'm not mm. getting on the weekends and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, classically trained saxophonist, which makes for a tough gig life. I got you. Uh, Kenny, how many Kenny G albums do you have? Um, if we're being honest, yeah, we, zero. All of, all of them is the right answer, I think. Okay, well, I, I'm going to be truthful with you. I don't own one. You don't own? Do you own any singles? Maybe a track or two? Probably. Probably. Okay, I, you know, I, it's fine. You can like Kenny G. I don't particularly care one way or the other, but I feel like you're trying to force me into saying I like Kenny G. <laughs> and then that's the that's the caption. Kyle Young likes Kenny G. 
it's, it's a, at least we're stereotyping completely like, oh, you're a saxophone player. So let's immediately dive into talking about Kenny G and seeing if we can force it out of you that you secretly love him. That's right. Okay. Well, I think you might be the first saxophonist I've had on here. Um, well, no, no, no. I mean, you're the first like still in the biz saxophone player. Uh, how many times have you played Careless Whisper on your saxophone? Um, I, I will be truthful. I Good. think the sexy sax man thing is like, <laughs> like I thank you. If, if I need a good laugh, I have no problem pulling up those videos and just <laughs> laughing my head off. Now, when it initially came out, was I tired of hearing it in the band room? Right. Somewhat, but secretly, I also enjoyed watching the kids figure it out. So, hey, I don't have any problem with it. Yes, sexy sax man. Uh, in the infancies of the internet, of memes and whatever, like it was that was. Oh man, that was that was great. Uh, now you, as you mentioned, you went to Wright State University. That's spelled with a W, as in mm -hmm. the Wright brothers. Um, is it in Dayton or not? Yes, it's in Dayton. It's it's it. Some of it. I mean, it might be considered Fairborn, Ohio. It's a Dayton mailing address, but it is just a, a couple miles away from where I went to high school and where I lived. Word, word. And how long did it take you to receive your music education degree? Four years. Oh, um, nerd. Well, I did. I did have to go for one summer. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, but, but it's still four years, which is supposed to be quote unquote normal, but I feel like five years is pretty much the average now of people, but you know, whatever. I, I took six and a half. And then um, you went to the great city, the windy city of Chicago, Illinois, to get your master's in music ed from Vandercook College. Now, um, did you do like you took two years off of school and went up there or did you do a summer type thing? Oh, they have a summer program um, that, that a lot of uh, band directors are able to take um, a few weeks each summer for three summers and you're in your master's degree um, is a great program you know very it's a very practical program you know it's a lot of a lot of methods and review and things like that that you can immediately take back and there's way worse cities to live in in the summer than Chicago so I, I can only imagine um, and then I don't know if I ever knew this maybe I blocked it out maybe I just didn't care you marched drum and or bugle corps with uh, the now rest in peace Glassman out of Toledo, Ohio, and you played trumpet. Again, you picked an instrument that doesn't match you at all because you don't have the ego. You're not arrogant. You're not annoying. You're not loud. Uh, why trumpet? Um, I think that everybody kind of has their, their niche where something comes somewhat naturally to them. And for me, as you, as you pegged me earlier, quite, quite a bit nerdy. Um, and so I really, I really got into trying to learn as, as many instruments as I could and, and trumpet became one that was, was very natural um, and, I, and I truly enjoyed. Um, and so I picked that up in high school and then in college, uh, marched this summer with the Glassmen. Um, it was a really cool experience, um, but it was just, you know, getting into playing brass is something that I, that I got into, enjoyed and, and, and had a great time and honestly has helped a lot with my teaching as well. What year did you march Glassman? Uh, 2003. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you remember what show that was called? Was that one of the, the mellow feature, the flugel feature years? Uh, no, it was just after that. It was called The Elements. Oh, that's right. The Robert W. Smith take on The Four Elements. Was that a finalist show that year or not? I can't no. remember. Oh, oh God. Jeez. Uh, no, it was, it was not, it was before Robert W. Smith. Oh, was uh, it? 
it was, I believe, Bruce McConnell, who used to teach at Carmel, was the was the arranger back then. Oh, really? I always thought that was a R dub. Okay, never mind then. Never mind. My mistake. All right. Uh, and and did he had done the, the previous few years with the flugel soloist? Also? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bruce had written for them for for a good bit of time. Um, oh, I see. Okay. And uh, who did you march with? Did you march with anybody who's gone on to bigger and better things in the world? Maybe that we would know. Uh, yes. Let's see. Um, oh, Andy Ebert was the drum major. That's who I was thinking. Um, there's a Texan by the name of, I think, Ryan Demkovich teaches in Texas. Yes, Ryan Demkovich at Stephen F. Austin. All yeah. Right. Um, I'm sure there's a couple others, but. Uh, yeah. Who was, uh, do you know who the, the caption heads that year? Uh, when, percussion, brass, color guard? Uh, percussion was, man, I was just after Colin McNutt. So I was about was, to ask if it was still Colin. So no, it was the year after it was, it'll come oh. to me. Oh, great. Let's well, this part out. Uh, no, we're, we're going to leave it on. We're going to leave you struggling to remember your history on here. Um, the brass was Brad Palmer, who, um, is trombone professor at, I believe Columbus state in Georgia. Hmm. Um, guard was, I want to say Tim Newburn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, wow. You just can't think of the percussion. Well, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Glassman 2003. It'll, it'll come to me in the middle of this and I will blurt it out. Oh, okay. Just, I, we're gonna have a serious conversation about something and you'll go like, oh my God, Lee Bettis. I feel really bad that I don't remember that. You I'll should. You really should. Years ago. That is awful. That Chris Heston. Chris Heston. Oh, okay. Chris Heston. He's he's only like one of the most important people in Winter Guardian. I know. Well, don't 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 try to make me feel bad. You should feel bad. I do. My deep down. gosh. My gosh. Um, so, all right. So we've talked about your drum core thing, um, and that's a lot of fun. And now you, I don't know what you have up there. All right, uh, in Indiana. Um, but do you like professional sports? And if so, what are the teams of choice for you? I, I do. Uh, baseball is probably my favorite sport to watch. I'm a Cubs fan. And that mm. comes from my dad grew up in Michigan City, Indiana, which is fairly close to Chicago. So yeah. I, I think being a Cubs fan was not necessarily an option. It was what we were told to be as, as children. So <laughs> um, Cubs, Cubs would probably be the, uh, the pro sports team of choice for me. Gotcha. Do you like professional football at all? I do. I enjoy it. Um, you know, Colts fan from, from being this location, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun to be had here with that. So I would say for football, it's going to be the Colts. And, and even though you did not attend the Ohio state university, are you a, a Ohio state fan or do you have, do you have allegiances to anybody else? I will say that if you ask most people from Ohio, it is either a love hate relationship mm -hmm. for me. I am not an Ohio Ooh. state fan. Oh, I had grandparents that were from Michigan um, mm. and so maybe also similar to my, you know, Chicago Cubs fandom, it was uh, insisted upon uh, in early wow. years that, that we did not root for Ohio State. Wow. So you, uh, you root for the, the maize and gold, huh? Or is it? Uh, well, they were, they were. Uh, maize and blue. <laughs> yeah. They, let's, let's just say, I'm sorry to all the Buckeye fans out there that are disappointed, but you know how it is. I do. I do know how it is. I'm just disappointed some more. Hey, why does Skyline Chili suck so much? It doesn't. 
<laughs> you know what's interesting? Okay, and uh, I didn't find this out till recently when Micah Ewing came down to TMEA. Do you know? Do you know Micah Ewing, Kyle? I do know Micah very well. Oh, oh okay. So he came down to TMEA because he is now what the fine arts director coordinator for Sycamore uh, School mm -hmm. District in Ohio. And we were having lunch, and I asked him about Skyline Chili to defend it because Matt Hahn, mutual friend, um, Ray, anybody who's from Ohio, it's either Skyline or was it Gold Star? But apparently Skyline's the bomb. And I mentioned. I had it at a Mason like band party or something or whatever, whatever. And he goes, are you sure it was Skyline? I go, yeah, it was like the cups were Skyline. He goes, no, I think that people like somebody just made chili from the Mason band parents and they put them in Skyline chili cups. And I just assumed it was Skyline chili. Does that story sound true and familiar to you? It probably sounds accurate. You can buy Skyline chili brand in a can at the grocery store. That is oh. not, that is not, representative of what you get in the restaurant wow this see this whole time since 2010 rest in peace i've had multiple reasons to not like the mason band program and that was one of them um the skyline chili so um huh okay well maybe next time that we're all in ohio you me and micah that's all uh maybe we can go uh, have some skyline chili and then go to willie's hot wing willie's is that place still around i don't think it is open uh, anymore oh man those were those were good times. Uh, you know, whatever. Rest in peace, Mason Band. Um, so let's talk about Mason Band. That was your second job, correct? Yes. Yep. And um, how long were you in the Mason Independent Consolidated School District or whatever? It's uh, that would have been seven years. Was there for seven years? And you were, and I never really fully understood how it all worked, and may work the same way. Your main job was at the middle school, correct? I was one of the middle school directors and then um, every band director in the Mason district um, at that time worked with the marching band also. So um, we all were assistant directors and in particular, I worked, um, you know, with the woodwind section mm -hmm. um, and then as time went on more with the overall music uh, caption for the ensemble. So it was, it was a unique setup where, all the directors six through six through 12 were, were involved with the marching band. So it was, it was, it was a pretty, you know, unique and cool setup. Only one single middle school. Um, so all the kids came from the same feeder program. Um, so it was a unique setup and, and, you know, worked pretty well for us. Yeah. Now, do you remember what, what first year were you in the Mason program? 2000 fall of 2006. 2006. Okay. And for, for a, at, you, at that time, had they just played at Midwest or were they about to play at Midwest? Do you remember? I think that was a year or two after they had played at Midwest. Okay. So at that time in the history of Ohio band, Mason was, uh, for all intents and purposes, a fantastic nationally known concert program. Maybe not so much on the marching band side, correct? Right. Um, at I the time, it was a, a Centerville-dominated state, right? Yeah. that And, and that was... You know, I think we'd maybe made semifinals a couple times, you know, you know, big accomplishment for the program at that point. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the concert band program was was at the forefront. A lot of the focus was that and on developing depth in the program and, and, and things of, of that nature. So, you know, I think that's a, a fair assessment of where, where we kind of were at that point. Right. And then I think 2007, you made a drill writer change that, uh, you know, would say sort of the spark that ignited the change of the Mason band that happened over the next like five years, I would say. And, uh, and then in 2011, you became a grand national finalist for the first time, right? 2010, you won your first regional. 
Um, yes. um, and then, you know, aside from a, a minor speed bump, and this was after your, your time, Mason was a consistent Grand National finalist. What do you remember most about sort of the rise of the Mason marching band? Because, uh, again, in that time, they played at Midwest again. Um, and so, and I think they've done concert band festivals. So the, the, the concert program always remained, you know, stellar. Um, the marching band just kind of burst into the national scene 2010, 2011, and then basically they just climbed. So, so in your time there, what were your thoughts on being a semifinalist, being, uh, you know, close, you know, that 2010, y'all were uh, 14th, I think. Um, and then the next year you, you popped in. So what do you remember most about that change? I think, I think for all of us, at some point it takes an individual or several people to come in and say, why are you doing it this way? And, and if you're a, you know, if you're an educator that's flexible and willing to learn, you sit back and you analyze and you go, I wonder why we are doing it this way. And it takes the ability to, to sit back, assess, you know, self-assess and then go, okay, we need to trust in what, you know, people that we've involved in our program are saying to us, and, and if we're not getting the results that we want, it's, it's time to, to try something different. It's time to change the approach. It's time to change the design. And that's really what started to happen for us was not only on the design side, but on the instructional side. Like you mentioned, we had great, we had great players, but until the training is correct, the, you know, the way that you train, the speed in which you train the students, um, until you have a plan for that, until you have an understanding of how to get from point A to point B, it's only going to get to a certain level. Talent takes you to a certain certain place in life, and then that's it. You know, the, the way that you go about it um, needs to change. And so that's what started to happen for us, is we started involving outside people in the program to come in and help us become better teachers. And that, in turn, made the students better performers. And then we had you know, help on the design side of, well, why are you doing it this way? Let's do it this way. And so it, 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 it helped us to, to kind of catapult, like you said, rather quickly, you know, we were always pretty good and in, in something we were proud of, but there was that hurdle that we just struggled to get over for a little bit. And every year it, it rose, you know, every year we were, we were doing better and better if you want to talk placements, but I think the quality of the shows and the quality of the performers was getting better. And so it took us saying, we don't necessarily know everything about what we're doing. So let's listen to the experts. Let's bring in people that know what they're talking about. And honestly, that, that was our biggest, biggest change to help us continue to grow. You two, two such, uh, known educators that kind of came in very early in the, the process, Freddie Martin and Jody Rhodes. Um, what do you remember about sort of the effect either of those had on your specific teaching at the marching band level, at the middle school level, and how maybe you learned and grew as an educator? Um, th those two, um, you know, both could come in and, and teach us a lot about everything, about pedagogy, about how to structure the program. But, but you know, Jody and, and Freddie coming in um, were able to help us holistically um, with the way we were organizing things, with what we're doing during the school day, what we were doing for marching band, and then, you know, with, with Freddie with the brass um, and Jody with the woodwinds, we're able to kind of hone in on that specific part of the program and, and, and even more specifically the marching band to help give us tools to, um, to get even better. And then I think the, the next most important part on that was our willingness to follow through with what they taught us. You know, it was different than what we were doing, 
but we were starting to see results and to not pull back from the guidance that we were given from them is what helped us year after year to continue to get better. So those two coming in, again, it takes, sometimes it just takes a spark and you see the result almost right away. And you go, yes, okay, I get it, I understand. And then you ask questions and you ask questions and the great teachers will always answer. And those two in particular were, were you know, a place that we went back to over and over again to help us continue to get better. Right, right. Um, so Kyle, how did meeting me change your life? This is a loaded question. It is. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I need a little, a little ego boost, but other times I, I like to get my, my chops busted, as the kids say. It's more kind of like, you know, if, if Jody and Freddie changed your life, how did I change your life, Kyle? I, I will say this on, a, on a definitely a, a, a positive front is, <laughs> um, you know, part of when you are, when you're getting the same result, again, not necessarily competitive, but the level of the ensemble is very similar for so long sometimes you have to make a change. And it's not because somebody wasn't working hard for you. It wasn't because somebody wasn't doing a good job. You just, you needed something to change the identity of the group. And when, when you were brought into, into the program, it, it, it freshened things up for us. You know, it was, um, it was something that we needed to, to change the design, to change the way we sounded. Um, and, and so that was a big part of, why we were getting to where we were going. I mean, you being a part of us winning our very first BOA regional, you know, that's, that's a moment that you don't ever forget. Um, and you can tell that the quality of the group changed um, when you came on board. Um, and I will be honest, we got stuff pretty fast. I don't know if you're still fast. I don't want, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> for those band directors that are waiting on part two from you right now, I don't want them yeah. to be like, I don't, he's not very fast at all. Yeah, if he would stop recording podcasts, maybe I'd get yeah. my music faster. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, the team worked well together and, and you fitting into that team um, was what helped, I think, makes, make more memorable shows and, and, and helped us to, to go to the next level again. Well, number one, I was expecting a far more sarcastic uh, answer on that. I thought it was going to be funnier. Well, um, it wasn't going to be an ego stroke, but I'll take it. And number two, wow, it's any wonder you fired me then. Um, well, okay. <laughs> you is not, is not directed at me. No, I, I, will, I will say that uh, that was my nice version of that. I mean, you got, I think anybody that knows you, Daniel, oh. knows that you, you have to grain of salt some of the things that he says and just go, well, that's crazy. <laughs> well, what what a uh, what a comment that was, and then you just laugh it off and move on. But no, I mean, I, I look back on those times very fondly. Um, and, a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, I didn't fire you. That's true. You did not. You did. I mean, not directly. I have to say though that I wouldn't have. That's true. Well, and you know, we could, we could go back in history and maybe if the, if the, the shoe was on the other foot, would I have fired you? Uh, possibly. <laughs> um, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Look, like, as I mentioned, I am more than, uh, more than happy to hang out with you and Micah Ewing anytime we are back in the greater Ohio area. So um, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you don't remember. What is championship? Oh, we used to say that. <laughs> One of the two favorite things you and Avius Jackson would say and do. And this is an adult podcast. Oh my gosh. I remember we would say it. 
It was it was basically like your version of it's we're gonna rage tonight. It would be like, come on, it's championship. And and that, I, I feel like that was mainly Avius. <laughs> I hope Avius listens to this because he's gonna remember that and laugh. Oh but my god, yes. Avius is one of those guys that uh first of all, he's an amazing teacher. Let's get that out of the way and a great person. But yes, you could you could kind of encourage him to do some things. Yes, you know what I yes. Mean? I, like, I, it, I would like to also say Avius Jackson can come to our championship. You, me, Micah, and Avius Jackson. Um, so, um, yeah. but yes, we would, that would be the, man, this, what a mature thing for us to do. Um, <laughs> championship meant it was, it's time, it's time to have fun. It's time to, uh, to let loose a little bit. Yes. Uh, now, and, do, you remember, do you remember my second favorite thing about Avius Jackson? No. When you would ask him if he was okay? Oh my God. <laughs> people are going to, people are going to listen to this and go, no wonder it took these fools so long to get here. <laughs> Keep in mind, like y'all were just like, I mean, you had been teaching for a while, but I, y'all were like early twenties, right? Mid to mid, mid early twenties, single yeah. men or not married at the very least. No. Yeah. It was, um, we were all doing band and hanging out was what we did. You know, mm -hmm. that was, it wasn't anything else. It was went to school, worked together, went to marching band. Then we went and hung out as if we didn't have enough time together, which I, I think that could be part of why we gelled so, so well together is that we just, sure. we were together. And, but also, you know, that the more you hang out with the same people, the more trouble you can get into. Correct. And so things like championship and, and embarrassing ourselves in public and not necessarily caring about who was around at the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, can happen. So, oh man, I feel. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I don't know if you follow the internet these days on social media, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. You know, there's these things like if you tell someone the floor is lava, like, and they record it, they have to like instantly climb off the floor. Like these, there are these challenges and someone will play a song. And every time, no matter where you are in any situation, you have to dance to that song. You asking Mr. Jackson, if he was okay, was kind of that version of that. Yes. And it, it takes a little explanation because at that point, Avius would feign um, vomiting sounds. Yes. Um, yes. And it just got progressively, <laughs> I, <laughs> and it, I don't. I I I, rem I had it saved for so long because it was like one of those old phones before it was definitely before iPhone, and it was the. I think that was one of the funniest things ever. Is Avius's fake vomit sounds. Yeah. He, he was really so, good at him. It was, again, if you just encouraged him in a childlike way, anything could happen. Along with championship, if you would ask, I feel like you're right. We were kind of the pioneers of this. Um, oh geez. If you, ask, if you would ask Avius if he was okay, he knew that meant he had to give an over-the-top, uh, just as loud as can be, fake throwing up vomit sound. And I do have some videos, and in fact, I think I sent them to him in the last couple of years. But it was one of those where we had to pick an inappropriate time to do it. And so it was, he couldn't say no, you know, that was part of the challenge. And so... That was, that, that is a great memory. You're right, man. We, God, we were a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, and both of y'all are like amazing band directors now, right? So uh, good, good for, good for y'all. Vomiting sounds and, um, and championships. Hey kids, if you're just now getting into being a band director, you know, having inside jokes and, and doing things inappropriately. Wait, that sounds bad. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Now, now uh, speaking of inappropriate, going through your Facebook likes, Kyle, a few things stuck out to me. 
All right, mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about that. You like after sectionals. That's a podcast. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. You like that band life. Another podcast. Yes. You also like on and off the podium. I'm assuming that's a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, BC Band Solutions. Yes. Yep. Yep. Van Doren Music. Well, I guess you like mayonnaise on your bread. Um, well, let's let's be fair. I mean, what what? Go on. What's fair? I mean, sometimes. You know, somebody says, do you want to like this? And you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't beg for likes on Facebook. Um, do you like, are you like horn rank? Do I? You do. I, I'm not making this up. You like horn rank. I'm going to have to go through my social media. You should. I, this, is what, this is what I do. I'm cancel culture. You like sassy the leadership people. Hey, thank you. That's very nice. It feels like I'm such a pro-tech, like a pro-Texas. No, not, not enough. Not, not Texas enough. You like resonant music design, Matt Hahn, our, our mutual friend in the state of Ohio. Um, you know what you don't like, Kyle? Hmm. Sketch sketchbook podcast. There might be a reason for that. Now, you also don't like general effect. Ironic. Like my clothing brand. You know, I did yeah, send I you a shirt I'm, that... I'm just letting you finish before I respond. Remember you were going to put the, the shirt on the Eagle, the 2005 Eagle, that, that should be in San Antonio. Um, you also don't like Montoya music, Kyle. Kyle, have you ever played any of my pieces, Kyle? Have I personally? Yes, you personally, because Mr. Sleepy has over at Mason. At one yeah, place. and I think I think Avius has. He did. I, I conducted his band doing that. You, you know, I'm a, a minority, right? Right. It's it's du jour to play our music now. You can you yeah. can play our music. It's okay. I understand, and you know, I feel like sometimes it's worth the wait. You know, I don't I don't want you to feel too good about what you're doing yet, and so there's going to be a day where I put put in an order for hoverboard or something and I'm going to oh, play yeah, it. Correct. Of course, that piece with your fifth band out of six at Carmel. <laughs> um, I mean, am I supposed to feel bad that I have not liked all of your projects on Facebook? I, I would like you to feel some, some semblance of badness. I, now I that you pointed out, I do feel somewhat guilty for not liking them quote unquote. Mm. Yeah, um, and maybe maybe after we get done with this, I'll decide on. Yeah, one or two of yeah, okay. sure, whatever. I mean, all you do is post baby pictures anyway on your Facebook, so I'm surprised you don't just like Gerber baby things the whole time. <laughs> all right, all right, it's enough of that. Hey, in 2013, you went to Carmel High School, where according to the website, you are currently the associate director of bands. Your responsibilities include co-conducting six concert bands, one of four jazz ensembles, and athletic bands. I'm assuming that's like volleyball band and basketball band or something. You also serve as the assistant director of the Carmel High School Marching Greyhounds. We're going to go through your years really quickly. In okay. 2013 at Grand Nationals, which is basically a glorified regional for all of you people in Indiana. You're just like, hey, we'll just drive to Grand Nationals. Um, second place, good for you. 2014, fourth place. Oh, 2015, fifth place. You know who beat you? Mason. Oh, man. Um, 2016, the infamous, infamous tie year where y'all were overall first. You won GE, Avon won music, and they won visual. And then they changed the rules for, you know, whatever reason. 2017, you got first for the first time in, I think, in Grand Nationals history. You're the first group to win all three captions and also win Grand Nationals, though... You did tie for music with Broken Arrow. However, you avenged that uh, share in 2018, winning your third uh, in a row. You did win all three captions, so you were the first outright Grand National Champion winning all the captions. And then last year, 2019, you placed fourth. So let me ask you this question. 
Why didn't you shoot arrows into the boat to light it on fire at the end of Voyage to Valhalla? Um, I know that there was some rumor that that was going to happen. Um, and thinking back, maybe that would have been really cool. But It sure would have. I mean, I, our goal is usually to have BOA create new rules after we do something. Sure. Um, we figured, though, that the 120 orchestra members that we brought out at the end of the show, cloaked in white, was maybe enough of a wow for you. But I feel bad that you're disappointed that that wasn't quite enough. It's a show about Vikings. Why wouldn't you have a Viking funeral on the field? Well, I do want to say there was some, some, you want a hot take? I, I, this, that's what this podcast is all about. Okay. So I saw last year on some social media, which I don't typically interact. I just like to, to observe. Mm. I did see some mechanical wings. Ah, uh, yeah. Used that it was touted as maybe the first or a unique addition to a show but if you go back and watch the voyage to valhalla show at the end uh -huh, uh -huh. we have that exact company's wings <gasps> are you are you talking about cedar park high school is that who it, it might have been they did a show called uh, icarus and they had icarus with these giant uh, like mechanical wings oh my gosh if you go back and watch the voyage to valhalla show those oh. mechanical angel wings were wow Wow. Wow, that doesn't make up for the fact that you didn't light a boat on fire. I know. I'm just trying to come up with something, Daniel. Yeah, you know, you had a bunch of wooden instruments in the orchestra. How easy would those have been to light on fire? I mean, make them play with arrows instead of bows. Oh, bow and arrow, and then they light the boat on fire. I feel like maybe we missed an opportunity. Don't you want to have the highest score in Grand National history? That would have been it. I'm hanging my head in shame. You should. You should. Who do I need to talk to about that? Who do I need to have on the podcast to talk about why you didn't light a boat on fire? You know, who, <laughs> which one of your highly successful designers do I need to tell they did a bad job? I, I will recommend to Michael Townsend at the next time we have an opportunity that there needs to be some sort of fire involved mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and shooting of arrows yeah. at the end of the show. Do a sequel. Do a sequel. I, you know, yeah. That, yeah, why not? Um, what's with the smiley faces, Kyle? Uh, that was something that, uh, that's been in a part of the Carmel Band program for a long time. It was started, um, I believe, so that the student performers on the field um, would know where, in particular, the, the, the parent section for the Carmel Band was. And so it has been, you know, it, the, the involvement has gotten deeper and deeper and, and you know, obviously has the sentiment of, of enjoyment. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been a part of you know, the culture of our program and the parents as they attend shows for, for many years now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, now I'm an outside observer, so I'm just going to, I'm going to, I like putting a uh, baking soda and vinegar together and maybe that's not there. Um, am I correct in assuming there is a quote unquote friendly rivalry between you and the Avon uh, marching black and gold? I mean, you're basically like in the same area. You're the top two scoring bands and marching band, etc. cetera. I, am I correct? Is it not unlike the spring Westfield, Reagan, Claudia Taylor, Marcus Hebron, Flower Mound kind of thing? I think it's similar to what you see with those close proximity Texas schools is you make each other stronger in which, you know, you're not going to go to a local invitational and not have to be at the top of your game. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of September or you get into October and November, you, you, you know that you need to be prepared and you know that you need to be at the top of, of at that time of the year, your performance at the top end of your design <clears throat> because you're gonna be seeing one of the best programs. And so, you know, 
it makes us each better. And I would, I would imagine that they would say the same thing is, you know, is it a rivalry? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's two strong programs trying to be the best they can be and in turn making each other better. And so, you know, we're just, we happen to be in close proximity to that. So, you know, we push each other. All right. That, that's a really, really good answer for that, Kyle. We'll, we'll get your real answer off air. Um, <clears throat> according to your website, there are four high school band directors, Michael Pote, Andy Cook, Chris Creaky, and yourself. Um, how tall are all four of y'all? Because y'all all seem like y'all are all six feet tall. Am I correct? Um, I, let's see. It's Chris Crakey. Crakey? Oh, I'm, I'm in Texas. All right. You're lucky. Um, You're lucky I said any of those names, right? I think that I would probably be the shortest right at, uh, let's say I'm 5'11 and three quarters. Oh, okay. Uh, Spoken like a good four-year-old person. Um, <laughs> um, Mike and Andy are both pretty tall. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not like we would be a great basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, but certainly could probably, you know, get ourselves into trouble. You, you could play downstairs in the warehouse against uh, the office team, mm -hmm. basically, right? Yeah. Are you, are, you, are you the Stanley? Are you the Michael Scott? Are you the Big Tuna? What would you say you are in the office basketball team? Um, compared to the other guys? Sure. Um, I would definitely say that I would be, you know, more like Jim. I, I actually can probably oh. dribble and shoot. Well, I know I can. Andy can, however, though. <laughs> In his 50s is quite good, too. Oh, I see. So Michael Pote is not the most uh, basketball savvy person? We did get him at a pet band game this year to do a layup challenge against one of the other pet band members. He did win. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe that may have been because the skill level he was up against was also somewhat inferior. <laughs> I think we got to handpick maybe the student that he went up against and he picked wisely. Mm, very good. Now, could your tallest staff member take on the tallest Avon staff member? N man, you got, you got Carl Hartman over there. <laughs> that's like six. You know, you know, I mean, that's not even fair. He's, he's, he's somebody that, that, that nobody has. So that's right. That's right. So basically the Avon staff basketball team would, would he's the shack. He would stay under the hoop the whole time, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You also have a color guard director, Aaron Boone, and a fall color guard staff on the website that consists of Michael Townsend, Andy Toth, Sam Watson, Blake Dutton, Kelly Young, never heard of her, and Sally Ware. Um, according to your accomplishments, Carmel has won five Grand National Championships in 2005, <clears throat> 2012, and then three in a row, 2016, 2017, 2018. Now, first question about this. Aside from the Beatles show in 2006, which I can remember, um, it seems like before Michael Pote took over, the shows all heavily relied on feature, uh, featuring original music by the former director of bands, Richard Salcedo. But as of late, y'all seem to have relied more on existing source material like Mahler, um, Ervo Paert. Um, so why the change in the music design philosophy at Carmel? Um, to be honest, uh, the, we've kind of gone back and forth. Um, in 2013, it was still quite original, and it was all the way up through 2015. And um, it was, they were successful and unique, which, which we liked, you know, it was, it, was, it was not something that you would have heard. And so when we got to 2015, we, you know, as, as teams have been together for a while, kind of like what we talked about earlier, 
you sit back and you analyze and go, well, is there a, a fresh way or a different way that we could do this? And so we decided, and, and Richard Saucedo, who is every bit as an incredible arranger as he is, you know, a composer, um, you know, he, he said to us, well, let's, let's dive into some of the big works and let's put our spin on it. And, you know, and that was kind of the new direction that we went into. And we've had great, great success doing it. And, and I mean, successes in productions that we, we've really enjoyed putting together and, and, and feel very proud of. And so it was just, it was a conscious decision of let's try it this way. Um, and take all of the hard work that Mahler and all the other composers have done and make it fit for us. Um, and we've enjoyed it. And still there are moments of completely original music by um, Richard. And so we've kind of married the two together. Yeah, absolutely. Now, besides uh, Richard Salcedo, who are the other fall marching band designers? Is it, is it still Michael Gaines and Mike McIntosh? Yeah, Michael Gaines does the drill. Um, Mike McIntosh um, does all the percussion arranging as well. Okay. And then um, do you know how many uh, support or tech staff you have for the winds and percussion maybe? <sighs> um, is it bad that I have to think this hard? Cause there's a lot. Um, yeah. And you don't have to go like, Oh, exactly. 16. You know, I'm just, I, I, I want to paint a picture of sort of, you know, we the, probably the, have 12 to 15 that are not necessarily at every, every rehearsal, but are involved at different times. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. And you know, I watched that uh, flow marching video where, where, uh, the director talked about how the kids kind of act in their own tech um, way. You train them in order to sort of, tr you know, teach each other. So you have, mm -hmm. in essence, 300 techs, as he said on there. Right. Can you can you talk about what your marching band rehearsal schedule looks like on average? Because um, you are one of two non-Texas-based teachers I will have at this point had on the podcast. And, you know, we have the eight-hour rule down here. And much like there's assumptions about how we do down things down here, there's assumptions about how bands do it outside of the state. You know, this idea that, oh, they can rehearse four hours every day and 12 hours on Saturday. You know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can with eight hours. Um, can you talk about what your marching band rehearsal like schedule is like? And then maybe do you work on marching band at all during the day in classes? Yeah. Okay. So um, we have an early bird class at Carmel High School, which in the, it's 40 minutes. Um, and in the fall, that is a marching band winds and percussion rehearsal. Um, and then after marching band, that's when jazz, um, the jazz program starts. Jazz is before school. Um, so for marching band specifically, that 40 minutes is, I would say, 80% fundamental time where you're wo working on, on ensemble techniques and tone production and things like that. And we, we do work on show music, but that's really the time where we get them started for the day for those marching band kids. Um, and it's just a time to get together before school. Sure. And the kids get, you know, I think probably similar to a lot of other programs, you know, they get a credit as a co-curricular activity. Um, and then after school, we do two afternoons. So I guess that would be Tuesday and Wednesday, which is 345 to six. So a couple hours. Um, and then we do an evening rehearsal, like stadium evening rehearsal on Thursdays, which I bet a lot of programs do. And then Friday is a, is a football game. Mm -hmm. um, and then Saturday is your typical rehearse before the show or a rehearsal day. Um, so it is, you know, we do, we do have, a, have a robust rehearsal schedule. I would, I would imagine that there are some that rehearse more than we do also. Um, but 
one thing that we, we do take a lot of pride in is we do not work on marching band during the school day. There are, you know, I think we had 300 and 320 kids in the marching band, including color guard last year. Um, but we have over 500 in the concert band program. So there's a large percentage that aren't in marching band. And so concert band is our focus. Um, we will be adding a seventh concert band this year. <laughs> we had six jazz bands this year. Oh, um, you should update your bio. Yeah, don't. The staff list that you read off was, was not, <laughs> was not, our, I will say the biggest room for improvement in our program is the website. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, why I made it clear. I was like, this is from your website, by the yeah, way. Yeah, nobody so. goes to the website for that information. Oh, okay. That's why I'd um, ask you about your guard directory because yeah. your previous uh, director is still listed. <laughs> um, so we, um, so we do, it's a block schedule, but we do concert band. We do a full a full concert with all six and will be seven concert bands in October. Mm. Um, and that is, you know, this year was the week of the Indianapolis super regional. So in fact, we, we took away a marching band rehearsal the week of one of our biggest shows to do a full blown concert band concert. So mm. we do not, we do not mix the two. Um, and we think that's important that, that everybody in the program, you know, they're there for different reasons. There are some kids that are in every group, marching band, jazz band, concert band, Mm -hmm. um, pet band, but there are some kids that just choose to be in concert band. And we feel like that we need to serve all of those students. So um, no concert band or no marching band, excuse me, during class, it just doesn't happen. Wow. Okay. Um, Kyle, why don't you like getting in a hot tub last? Um, there was a family trip that we took um, to Tennessee and we stayed in a cabin and on the third level there was a hot tub and there was I think four of us four or five of us and I was the guy that ended up getting in last and it was a shameful moment because as I got into the hot tub water began spilling over the edge and falling down two floors. <laughs> and so it's just one of those moments of complete shame. You know what I'm saying? Where you hear that yourself is dispersing water over the edge. And, and so it, it's just, it's kind of an inside family joke that we've had for a long time. I see. I see. Well, not on inside anymore, as your wife put it on Facebook for everyone yeah. to know about. Um, now, I didn't want to make it sound like all Carmel does or is known for his marching band. Uh, you, as you mentioned, you're about to have your seventh concert band you are going to have you have six jazz bands um do all of your bands go to contest or whatever we you know we call it uil down here in texas i'm not sure what y'all have up there but do they all go to contest yes there are a couple different um you know versions of contest for us it's all through indiana state school music association mm -hmm. um there are what we call it's like a, it's district contest essentially or large group contest and four of our six groups go to that. And that is probably a fairly typical, you play your three pieces, um, one piece off the list. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do your performance and sight reading and you get your rating and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the way that um, our Wind Symphony 1 and 2 work is they go to what we call state qualifications. And there are, I think, four or five sites throughout the state um, that groups can go to for state qualifications. And in that, in that um, contest, you have to play two pieces off the list. Um, and there's different levels in the list, group one, two, three, and four. Um, and so they, you have to play two pieces off the group one list. Um, they're very strict on time limits. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way that you have to program. Um, and so they take the top 16 scores, regardless of site. 
So you've got four or five different panels and they give you a score. And those top 16 bands then advance to state finals. And then state finals is, um, it is a week later, one week later, and they bring in three typically collegiate level um, adjudicators um, to listen to the groups and you actually are scored and ranked and they do placements for those 16 groups. Now, is it 16, like one representative from each school or could it be multiple Carmel bands? You could have multiple. Um, that hasn't happened for a while. Um, not to say that it, it couldn't happen again, but typically it doesn't. You know, there's maybe three or four groups from each site that advance. And so, you know, you would have two Carmel groups competing at the same site or two, you know, groups from another school. So it's, it, it changes the dynamics of those sites for sure. Now, you, you said Wind Ensemble 1, Wind Ensemble 2, I'm assuming. Is it a, I don't want to say like a top band and a second band, or is it like one, two, three, four, like they split between the two, so they're both equal in talent level, I, I would say? We, we, we um, assign our groups by experience level. So our, okay. our most experienced and advanced musicians are Wind Symphony 1. And, and, and it goes so forth. So that we, we group them in ensembles that they're going to be both pushed and successful. Right, right. Now, there are four band directors. How many, like, who does each band? So myself and Mike Pote, well, we always have, and, and this, this shifts a little bit because we're, um, at the moment of recording this, we've added a fifth band director. Um, oh, Can, you can't tell it. It's a hot take, huh? It's not um, me. It's not me. So let's just put it out there. It is somebody that's already on the team. We've added a fifth band director position and that person is going to be moving into that. So, Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so there's always um, what we call like a head conductor and assistant conductor, and then somebody that is there also for sectionals. Okay. And then, you know, our, our new director will be involved with percussion. Um, oh. Myself and Michael Pote do the Wind Symphony 1. Myself and Andy Cook um, are the two conductors for Wind Symphony 2. Chris Crakey and Andy Cook with Wind Symphony 3, Mike Pote and Andy Cook with Wind Symphony 4. All of us are assigned to the two freshman bands that we have. Um, you know, that's, those two groups are very important to us. So um, everybody has either a conducting responsibility or sectional responsibility with each group. Oh, wow. So as of this tape, you have four directors, a color guard director and a percussion director. Uh, the color guard and percussion at this time are, are quote unquote, booster funded or para, paraprofessional, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. But will the, so the percussion position will become a real band director position now yes. in the fall? And yep. I assume it, it will still be the same person? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So will he have band directing responsibilities now? Yeah. And, and that'll be, I mean, obviously with his specialty and background will be a lot of work with percussion. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he'll have conducting responsibilities as well. And we, we try to disperse ourselves to where we're most um, useful and efficient with each group. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now the Wind Symphony One just played at CBDNA in Chicago, Illinois. Do you remember a, a few of the pieces they played on that program? Yeah, we played um, Holst's transcription of Bach's Fugala Jig, mm -hmm. um, second and fourth movement of the Persichetti Symphony, hmm. uh, Gothic for Wind Orchestra, um, and there was a fourth, I believe. Sorry, long pause. Oh my gosh. Didn't you just, this was literally the last concert y'all had there. And it was, it was, I'm so emotional about it. I've blocked it out. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Um, 
I'll, hold on, I'll list it again for you. No, um, no, no, it's fine. You don't have to. It, you, it'll come to you. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of curious about what sort of literature each group plays. So the, yeah. the, the second group, I don't want. I'm just going to go down in numbers. All right. So nobody who listens take offense. So the second band, what was the like the three pieces that you would have, or maybe you can talk about what you played last year for contest. Yeah, we. Um, well, what we were preparing this year for contest um, was Children's March. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing a Julie Giroux, One Life Beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and then Symphonic Dance Number Three. Oh yes, you don't you don't have to do a march for your, your three pieces. You don't have to. I mean, honestly, we sometimes we do a march. Sometimes right. we want to get as much literature happening sure. as possible, and so sometimes yeah. that's you know that's what we like to do. So that's what the second group is. Doing. That makes sense. Okay, uh, the third group. Do you know what they were repping? I don't, that is my prep, so I don't know exactly what they were doing, but that, they will often pick, they go group two. We will okay. often we'll have them play one piece from the group one list so that they're always, there's always a piece that mm-hmm. is pushing them. Should, yeah. say. And we try to do that with most of the groups is they're registered in a certain group, but we will often stretch up into the next classification um, just so they're they're never completely comfortable. We're always having to work on skills. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then, what do you typically have the freshmen play? Um, freshmen will play. Um, you know, there's there's a it changes from year to year. Those groups tend to be very large. You know, one 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 of those groups this year was around ninety eight members. Yeah, and so we have to balance the technical challenge of that many students in the room with what literature they're going to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. So we've done things with them, like themes from Greenbushes we did one year. Um, mm-hmm. We're working on Haley's Light by Ryan George this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try, to, we try to make the programming as diverse as possible, um, you know, for those groups as well, so that they get a bit of experience. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so what other ensembles does uh, Carmel offer besides marching band and concert band? I, I, I read something about, I mean, you have jazz band, but then I think you have like different types of jazz bands, probably a percussion ensemble. We have, yeah, we have six jazz bands. We call those uh, big bands, you know, okay. typical jazz instrumentation. Um, and they are, I think we had 148 students <sighs> in the jazz program this year. Uh-huh. So we had six bands, but we could have had seven, but it's one of those where we just didn't, we ran out of teachers. So um, <laughs> and it's, that's a point of pride for us is those students, they get a grade and a credit, but it's at 7 a.m. You know, oh, that, that many students want to come and be in a jazz band at 7 a.m. And so that's part of what we, you know, we want to provide the best experience for them, especially if they're willing to do um, those kinds of things for us. So, so jazz is a big part of what we do. There are student run jazz combos. Um, we have students that are that, that gig all the time that are in a jazz band. And so they put together combos, um, student runs. Sometimes those combos will go to, you know, jazz contest, um, you know, with the state circuit. Um, so that's, that's a big part of our program as well. Wow. Uh, that's a lot custom, of jazz. Yeah. It's, there's nothing like jazz band at 7 a.m. <laughs> they're, they're hyped they're ready to go um percussion has um every concert band also works on percussion ensembles obviously um with matt black they work on techniques and skills and all those things but they also work on percussion ensemble pieces and then they come together for a a large percussion studio concert um in march typically so they're getting a lot of experience as well you know c- you know rehearsing with the the concert bands 
skill level development on, on all instruments and then ensemble playing for themselves as well. Wow. Okay. Um, now for a serious question, Kyle, why don't you like wearing socks? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but I just, you ever catch yourself doing something you're like, Oh, I, I guess I don't like to wear socks. <laughs> so that's, that's just one of those things. I and, see. And thanks to my wife for pointing out all of these things on Facebook. Notice I'm an under poster. So you are, you, you really are. You, you, you don't need to, I guess that's the, that's the thing yeah. you have, you have your wife to, to post that for you. Do you still wear pleated pants, Kyle? No. Oh, really? I'm, I'm in no way any bit fashionable, but I do not wear pleated pants. Oh, okay. Just, just curious. Cause I remember you wearing pleated pants back in the day. Wait, wh what? Yeah. Back in the day. Didn't you wear pleated pants? I'm well, pretty didn't sure. back in the day. Well, yeah, but still, I, I'm just saying, did you continue to wear? So this no. is good. There are no. some people that still wear pleated pants, by the way, and they're typically band directors. So, yeah, I mean, some of the guests that you've had on your podcast are much cooler than I. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that they, you know, have have some sense of style. But I, at least at the minimum, don't wear pleated pants. Yeah, well, I mean, you have like more rings than them, so. You can, uh, you can always just go like, you know, scoreboard your hand. That's what I would do. If I was with the Carmel band and anyone tried to talk trash to me, I would just hold up my hand. Yeah. But, uh, we just, you know, Hey, we're very proud of what we've done and we'll try to do better the next year. Oh God, this is the worst. I need you to have like a five-time championship ego. All right, Kyle, can you do that for me? Um, so six, I was going to say six marching bands. Geez, wouldn't that be something? So six soon-to-be-seven concert bands, six jazz ensembles, a world-class orchestra. Um, it seems to me that the philosophy of the Carmel Music Program isn't limited just to the options of making music to just like a few ensembles, but to encourage as much music making as possible. Would that be correct? Yeah, and, and one thing I should say, since you brought up the orchestra, they are every bit as strong as the band program. I mean, they, every... They've played Midwest, I believe, three or four times now, um, mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been incredible. And they, <clears throat> they are one group where you can, when you're feeling good about what you're doing in the band world, walk across the hall to the orchestra and go, God, we have a long way to go. <laughs> so, they're amazing. And, and we have two full orchestras that our wind players get to be a part of, too. Jeez. So we have wind kids that are getting to experience orchestral literature um, at a very high level, you know, the mm -hmm. orchestra does a recording project every year. So, so that's wow. another thing they get to do. And we, we have great administration that want to provide those opportunities for the kids. And there's a lot of trust. We don't you know. We try to never ask for things unless we really need it. And they know that, um, but they are very giving to us and setting us up for success. And it is our goal. Um, and it's, it's challenging. And all of the band directors out there know that it's hard work trying to create a holistically well-balanced program and not cutting corners. And mm -hmm. while it's busy and crazy, it's rewarding. And that's, that's what we try to do. And, and that's something that I think that we're, we're very proud of, you know, the marching band being as successful as it can be, you know, the jazz bands, you know, concert bands, it's, it's, we focus on all of them, you know, nothing goes on the back burner. So. Right. Right. And, and not to minimize them, but this is not my or your area of expertise. You have a world-class color guard that participates in winter guard international. Um, any, any plans or thoughts on Carmel and indoor winter percussion drumline or indoor marching winds groups? We, um, we have done some winter drumline in the past. Um, it is, you know, it's, it, we kind of leave that up to the director, you know, is that something that they want to do? And, 
and whether their focus, not to say that you couldn't have a split focus, whether their focus is really ramping up the concert program mm -hmm. um, for percussion, that is. Um, and for, for those percussion directors out there know that it's really challenging to try to do both. Sure. And so, um, and not only challenging, but there's a heavy investment that goes in that. And, mm -hmm. and so the other part of what we try to do is balance from an investment standpoint, you know, where we allocate and what we, you know, cause if you're going to do it, you want to do it right for the students and not try to, to bandaid it together. So, you know, on the percussion side of things, it could happen. You, you, you never know. It just, it just depends. But, you know, right now the focus is on getting the chops of the concert percussion program really going. Mm -hmm. um, as far as when, you know, the, the competitive wins, we feel like we provide, you know, an outlet for that in the fall. And then we have lots of other opportunities for the students, you know, with concert band, jazz band, solo and ensemble is huge for us. Um, and so we feel like there's a lot of time dedicated to those things already. And we provide a marching outlet for that. And not to say that it's not right for other programs. It's just one that, that our kids are so busy already and getting a pretty diverse experience that, that, you know, we feel like we're giving them a complete experience, even, even if we don't do that. And when would they even rehearse like at four 30 in the morning? Right. And where would they rehearse? So, right, right, right. Now, Kyle, for the folks listening to us at home and nowhere else, because they are smart and are socially isolating, please describe in excruciating detail what shoes you are wearing. Um, you should know this. I don't have socks on. You just asked me about that. Yeah. Maybe you, I figured you, maybe you went, uh, you know, went bareback <laughs> on those shoes, you know? <laughs> um, I will often wear, I mean, this is, I mean, I know you got some real sneaker heads that are involved in this. We do. I, in quarantine, currently my shoe of choice would be Sanooks. Oh, all right. Is that, I mean, it's, that's about the hippiest thing that I could have. So that's, man, I'm not, where am I going? I'm not going anywhere. Uh, hey, maybe you want to flex on your kid. You're like, take that. Remember who your daddy is, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, he has nicer stuff than I do already, so I don't. Yeah, that's how that. Yeah, you know, my I, I can't impress my daughter anymore. So you know, I'm so. I'm gonna be like. I mean, I know. I mean, I think you have six or seven pairs of shoes. So I understand. <laughs> I understand yeah. your level of commitment. I would not be a good guest on anything shoe related for you. Maybe that makes you the perfect guest. Possibly. It could be, or it could be the shortest episode you've ever had. That's true. That's true. Tell us about your shoe. And then it's like 20 seconds later. It's like, all right, we're done with this one. Um, so it's an odd question to ask anybody right now, but uh, what's next for you in the Carmel Band? <laughs> um, you know, right now we are, we're developing plans for whatever comes our way. Um, you know, as of right now, the, the school buildings are closed to any students until at least June 30th. And so what we've done is come up with, online curriculum, both visually and musically for, for the marching band kids and color guard and percussion students. So we've got that plan rolling in in place. Um, and then if that has to continue after that, we have everything set up for that to happen. But if we get to be back in person, then, then we go for it. And you know, there's, we're just rolling with it. I think like every other program across the country is you plan for everything that's possible. And then as new information comes out, then you change and you alter and, and try not to get too far ahead of yourself, but plan for as many details as you can. I think you're giving too many people too much credit. Well, <laughs> our fear is if we don't, if we don't have something in place, 
then that's exactly what's going to happen. So right. if we don't plan an online curriculum, they're going to say you can't get together until August and then we're in trouble. Sure, sure. No, and, and, and all I'm saying, I, I think there's a lot of people that are very head in their sand right now. Like we're going to have band. We're yeah. going to, we're going to, we're going to truck on through. And until we get any other information, we're going to keep going. And yeah. I, I think that uh, it's smart to consider not just a plan B or a plan C. I mean, you need to be up to like a plan J at this point. Well, and that's, that's kind of where we are. And that's not just with instruction, but with design. It's, you know, if, if we do get to have marching band, but it is a abbreviated mm -hmm. show, you know, it, is our show flexible enough to do that? And where are we going to implement, you know, removal of parts? Or at what point do we get to the point where we say, we're not going to do this show because it doesn't do it justice at that timeline. So right. we, we are trying to think of everything and, you know, and just wait till the news comes to us. We just, now we do keep our heads down and work, but it's not to ignore the outside world. It's just keep at it. Right. You know? no, Keeping busy smart. right now is better than waiting. And so that's, that's kind of our, our approach. That's a good approach. A good approach. Aside from your website, because you said it's not great. Is there anything you want to plug Kyle? I do. I will say, you know, just one of the things that I think that we are most proud of with the Carmel band uh, with the marching band in particular is we don't use alternates. Oh, really? Nope. And we never have. And if we, if a student signs up for marching band, they're in, they get wow. a spot. And so it is challenging because you got to get in there and teach everybody. So, and not so, that if you have alternates, you're not teaching, you know what I'm saying? But it I, is, I, yeah, it's challenging. Um, but that is, it's one of those, and that was started by Richard Saucedo years ago, is we want everybody to do as much as they can. Um, <clears throat> and so we, you know, we roll with, with different numbers every year. We try to make it as, as highway <laughs> friendly for Michael Gaines as possible. And I think sure. it's that. Um, but, you know, we're very proud of the student involvement in our program and holistically what they get to do. So I, I realize what that statement means, but I'd like to clarify for everybody. In your, your three time back to back to back title years, everybody was marching. Yes. And everybody is playing as much as possible. Yes. Do you, most, you know, most bands have your typical three trumpet parts, two mellows, et cetera, et cetera. Do y'all have sort of a, a four and five part for different instruments based on talent level or is, you know, hey, you're going you're gonna to step up and you're going to do this? I think it's probably similar to what a lot of people do. Uh, Richard Saucedo tends to write harmonically a bit different than others. Um, right. and, and so while there may be three trumpet parts, there may be nine. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So that, I think that takes care of itself there in some of those things. And we, our goal is to get all of them to do everything by the end of that season. Mm -hmm. And if there is a modification that happens, I think that's what any teacher would do. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so we, we don't stretch outside the norms. Um, I think there's probably some schools that are similar. We don't march trombones, you know, it's all the marching baritone. Right. Um, in the, in the contras. Um, but you know, we, we try to get everybody to the highest level by the end. Mm -hmm. And we do, we're lucky to have a, a large team of people to help do that. Yeah. Um, so we're certainly not hurting for, for people to, to be with us and do that. But that's, that's kind of something we hang our hat on is it's going to be ugly for a while. <laughs> you know? And, that, and but that's uh -huh. okay. And, and we try by the end to have 
that kid get to a, a point where they never they never thought they could and we never thought they could right 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 and that is that i know it's it's hard harder for battery because there's only so many numbers mm -hmm. of, of drums but is that the same for percussion as a whole and color guard yeah the percussion they audition and then there's a recommendation for their placement you know on what instrument it would be um and you know the the numbers in the battery will be uh, a number that is acceptable for the number of wind players um, not to be exceeded or or underrepresented and mm -hmm. then if there's a student that that you know isn't quite ready for that then then they might be put in the front ensemble um, you know we've we've done different groupings of battery instruments in the past where we've had um, I think that what are the percussions called flub drums flubs yeah uh-huh yeah. What a what a great name! I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, we've done that in the past, but not as of late. Um, uh -huh. They usually do an audition and they get placed, and, and the kids excel wherever they're put. Um, Color Guard has auditions um, early on, but it's not necessarily a to cut. You know, it's to see the level of the students and to then group them in in you know numbers of of weapons and dancers and, and things like that. So that's more of a to see where the level is and the numbers of the of the kids. Um, and and then that kind of makes up the instrumentation of the marching band. So the marching band numbers vary from year to year, um, and and that that can change from from one season to the next. Not usually too dramatically, but but it does. And as you mentioned earlier, not everyone who plays an instrument in the Carmel Band program actually does marching band. So you're not you're not if everybody auditioned, you have a 500 person marching band, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't require it. It is co-curricular where you get a credit and a grade. Um, they do get a PE credit for it too. I think that's a fairly popular thing now across the country. Mm -hmm. um, so they only have to take one PE class in Carmel High School, which is nice and takes care of that for them as well since they're, since they're out there doing a lot of work. That's, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, I say it to everyone, but I'm usually lying. This time I'm not. Uh, it has been a pleasure to have you here today. You are an absolute delight. Um, do you, are you going to celebrate the championship tonight or anything like that or what, what's going on? Well, I, I feel like my version of celebrating a championship is very different nowadays. The championship <laughs> is, can we still hang out and watch a movie without waking up a sleeping baby? So that's, <laughs> as you know, uh -huh. change as you get older, but, uh, but no, it'll, it, it's, it is a cycle of similarity, but we, we try to try to get out and, and, be outside, do a few things, and, and right. try to keep the day up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I have to ask you, Mr. Young, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> God, no one is going to listen to this. What what a fantastically awful way to end this podcast. Am I am I right? Yeah, yeah you're right. This episode of Sketchbook Podcast was recorded in Austin, Texas and Westfield, Indiana, and was edited and produced by me, Daniel Mathoy Jr. Our logo is created by John So of Purpose Designs, and our music is provided by Epidemic Sound. If you enjoy Sketchbook, tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns? Email us at sketchbookpodcast at gmail.com. It too could be featured on a future episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at sketchbookpod and join the sketchbook community on Facebook at sketchbookpodcast. 
And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Sketchbook Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening.